Hello. Today we're back with Latin 3 class from the Church of St. Agnes, and we're reviewing the homework for Unit 33, beginning on page 298 and following. So if we turn to our exercises there in the middle of page 298, number one, Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus venteris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in hora mortis nostre. Amen. You'll notice, of course, that is the Hail Mary in Latin, the first part from the Gospel of Luke. So there we have it. Hail Mary, gratia plena, plena gratia. She is full with grace, plenus takes the ablative there, it sometimes takes a genitive, but here takes the ablative. Dominus tecum, the Lord with you, uh, the verb to be understood. Benedicta tu, blessed are you, are uh, again understood. Benedicta tu, feminine, because she's feminine, in mulieribus, among women, et benedictus, and blessed is the fructus ventris tui, is the fruit of your womb. Jesus, Jesus. That's an appositive, isn't it? Then the second half of the prayer, Sancta Maria, Holy Mary, Mother of God, ora pro nobis, pray for us, us peccatoribus, us sinners, nunc et in hora, now and at the hour, mortis nostre, amen, of our death, amen. So we know that, of course, by heart, but it's nice to see the Latin. Maybe you can memorize the Latin prayer if you don't know it already. Okay, number two, si linguis hominum loquar et angelorum caritatem autem non habeam, factus sum veluit eis, I'm sorry, eis sonans. Yes, um, now here we have a mixed condition, don't we? We see that the C introduces it. We have loquar and uh, non habeam as the protesis. And then factosum as the apodosis. So we see that we have two uh, present subjunctives. If I should speak by means of the tongues of men and of angels, and should not have, non habeam, if I should not have caritatem, uh, but do not have, but should not have caritatem, uh, charity or love, factosum. Then we change to the indicative because it wants to stress the actuality of what has happened. I have become just as a sounding gong, sonans ace. Ace is really a bronze vessel. And uh, here, of course, it means a gong or sometimes translated a symbol. So if I should speak with the tongues of men and angels, but should not have charity or love i have become so we have a mixed condition future less vivid in the beginning and then um a factual uh, simple uh apodosis. i have become just like uh, a sounding gong we know that passage of course from the famous um uh, salute to love in corinthians 1 13. okay uh, good. Number three. Ad finem lectionis significandum lector subdit verbum domini. Deo gratias. 
So odd plus the gerund or gerundive. Here we have ad finem significandum lectionis in order to uh, show purpose. And here in order to signify <clears throat> the end of the reading, the reader adds or uh, comments or adds a comment, subdit, verbum domini. He says verbum, the word of the Lord. And the response is deo gratias, thanks be to God. Gratias, thanks to God. Deo in the dative. Okay, I think that's straightforward. Let's look at number five. Pilatus tradidit Jesum ut flagelis verberatum crucifigerent. Pilate handed over Jesus, and then we have an ut clause, a purpose clause, in order that they might crucify understood him, what kind of him, or Jesus, verberatum flagellis, having been lashed or having been beaten with uh, whips or lashes. So Pilate handed over Jesus in order that they might crucify Jesus, of course, him. And what kind of him is he? He's a verberatum flagellis. He is a Jesus having been beaten with whips or the, with lashes. Yes, after he's been scourged at the pillar. So verberatum is a participle modifying Jesus or him understood in the second part of the sentence in order that they might crucify Jesus. What kind of Jesus? One verberatum flagellis. Okay. Uh, number seven will probably be familiar to you, at least the Latin, from the magnificent um, Eucharistic hymn composed by St. Thomas Aquinas, the Pange Lingua. Pange lingua gloriosi corporis mysterium sanguinisque preciosi quem in mundi precium fructus ventris generosi rexe fudit gentium. You notice there's a rhyming pattern there as well as a syllabic uh, pattern because it's a poem. Pange sing tongue. Tongue is in the vocative. It's usually translated sing my tongue. Okay, of the Sing about the Mysterium Gloriosi Corporis Sanguinisque Preciosi. Sing the mystery of the glorious body and the precious blood. All right, this is a Eucharistic hymn. Quem in mundi precium, the blood which for the price or ransom of the world, precium mundi, the Fructus, there's that same word from the Hail Mary, the fruit of the generous womb, ventris generosi, the king of nations poured forth. So the king of nations is the subject of the quem clause, quem referring back to the precious blood, the precious blood which the king of nations poured forth for the price or ransom of the world and Vent, uh, fructis ventris, ventris generosi is in a positive of to king, isn't it? It's, it's uh, in the nominative. Uh, the king of nations, the fruit of the generous womb, of course, the noble womb, that's the womb of Mary. And that uh, is in apposition with Rex. So the, the, the fruit of the uh, noble womb, the king of nations poured forth, the blood which he poured forth. Very nice. Um, uh, the, the, if you translate this and the entire poem, 
or him. Uh, it's it's a little uh, tricky because remember, uh, Aquinas is writing in uh, a type of uh, poetic meter uh, with uh, syllabic uh, correspondence and rhyming. So uh, sometimes the word order and the choice of words gets to be a little poetic and difficult, but that's always the case when we read poetry. Um, I think you'll recognize that Pange Lingua uh, sung uh, at the uh, great procession on Holy Thursday. Uh, when the uh, Eucharist is removed from the main altar to the side altar. Okay, number 10, again, uh, you might recognize this. Gratia Domini Nostri Jesu Christi et Caritas Dei et Communicatio Sancti Spiritus cum Omnibus Vobis. <clears throat> this is a greeting by St. Paul to the Corinthians, and we use it sometimes at Mass. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love or the charity of God and the fellowship or community of the Holy Spirit, cum omnibus vobis, with all of you. And the verb to be is left out, probably a subjunctive sit, may it be with all of you. A uh, very common greeting uh, by Paul. And as I said, we use it uh, sometimes in the opening of the Mass. Okay, number 12. Aferebant ad eum omnes male habentes et demonia habentes, from the Gospel of Mark. They were carrying to him or bringing to him omnes male habentes, all those holding badly. Remember, we talked about that expression. Um, habeo male means, um, or habere male, to hold badly means to be sick, to not be in good shape. So they, they brought to him all those who were sick and habentes demonia, having demons, being possessed by demons. And he was, of course, uh, healing them. Okay, that's a straightforward one. How about number 16? Qui non est mecum adversum meast, et qui non colligit mecum dispergit. Yes. One of the uh, uh, difficult sayings of Jesus. The one, he who is not with me, qui, uh, standing for isqui, he who, the one who is not with me, adversum is, is against me, and who does not collect or gather with me, disperge it, disperses. Um, again, very uh, clear sentence, I think. And notice that qui, a relative pronoun, very common in Latin for the relative pronoun to sort of absorb uh, its antecedent or to have an understood antecedent because here uh, it's the one who, right, is qui, the one who is with me or is not with me. Okay, uh, the next one is number 20 from the uh, book of Acts. Inventis fratribus rogati sumus manere apureos dies septem. Um, with the, I hope you recognized inventis fratribus, um, an ablative absolute standing out there in the ablative. The brothers having been found, this is when Paul is journeying to Rome, I believe. The brothers having been found, they asked, or we asked, I'm sorry, the brothers having been found, we asked, rogati sumus, we, uh, we I'm sorry, rogati sumus, we were asked, yes. Uh, that's the passive, isn't it? 
Um, it's not that we ask, it's the passive voice. Uh, we were asked, manere, to remain apureos with them or at their house. Dies septum. There's your accusative of extent of time for seven days. So with the brothers having been found, we were asked to remain among them or with them or at their house. <clears throat> and then we have the accusative of extent of time. Dies septum. Seven days. Okay, good. A nice example of the accusative of extent of time in the accusative with no preposition. All right, the next one we did was number 22. Amen dico vobis ubicumque predicatum fuerit hoc evangelium in toto mundo dicetur et quod hec fecit in memoriam eus. Ah, this is from Matthew, and I think this is when... Uh, <clears throat> A woman comes in and anoints Jesus' feet. He says, Amen, I say to you, wherever or everywhere, uh, wherever in the world, uh, in the whole world, in toto mundum, this evangelium, this gospel, will have been preached. Okay? Predicatem furet. Dicetur. She will be spoken of. She will be mentioned. Dicetur. And what this one, Hake, because she's a, a woman feminine, and what this one did in uh, her memory, okay? So, um, or for her memory, in, into her memory, okay? So, uh, this is when uh, I think the apostles or, or someone complains that she's uh, spending all this expensive ointment uh, and they could have been sold and given to the poor and Jesus says amen I say to you wherever this gospel will have been preached notice it's a it's kind of a, a future more or vivid condition um, if this gospel will have been preached in toto munum in the entire world she will be spoken of or she will be mentioned and quod hake facet what she did will be mentioned in memoriam as in or toward or for her memory. Uh, very strong statement by Jesus. Um, so we have predicatum furit and then dicetur, right? Uh, she will be mentioned. And also what she did will be mentioned, understood, in memoriam as into or for her memory. Okay. That's number 22. All right, our next one was 25 from the Gospel of St. John. Tanto tempore vobiscum sum et non coniovisti me, Philippe, qui vidit me vidit patrem. Quomodo tu dicis, ostende nobis patrem. This is where Philip says, show us the Father. And Jesus is disappointed because he says, I am with you tanto tempore, um, with with so much in so much time, this is the that ablative really used as an accusative of uh, of time. Uh, uh, it's the extent of time here. For so much time, I am with you, and you do not know me. You have not come to recognize me, Philip. Question: um, Who 
the one who, there's that qui again for isqui, the one who sees me, vidit patrum, sees the Father. How, quo modo, do you say, how is it that you say, show to us the Father? So Jesus is shocked. He's been with them all of this tanto tempore for such a long time, for so much time. Um, and Philip asks the question, or asks him to show us the Father. You don't realize I, in fact, uh, the one who sees me sees the Father. Uh, so the important thing there, tanto tempore, that ablative, um, uh, we might expect an accusative of extent of time here, but in ecclesiastical Latin, you may use the ablative in that way, as we learned in the last lesson. Okay, number 26. Defuncto autem Herode, ecce apparet angelis domini, insomnis Joseph in Egypto. Ah, nice uh, example of an ablative absolute beginning the sentence. I hope you saw it, recognized it. Uh, this ablative phrase sticking out there by itself, defuncto Herode, Herod having been defunct, <laughs> literally having died. Um, that's the word we get defunct from. But Herod having died, um, behold, that's the circumstances right under which the main sentence uh, operates. Behold, an angel of the Lord appears in somni Joseph, in a dream, in dream, to Joseph in Egypt. In Egypt. This is when the angel appears and says, uh, it's okay, you can now take the mother and the child and go back home. Okay. Uh, our next one on page 300, number 28. Quisquis non receperit regnum dei velut parvulus, non intrabit in illud. Uh, whoever will have not received the kingdom of God as a little person, as a small child, parvulus, that's the diminutive of parvus, a little one, will not enter into it. So this is uh, one of those relative conditions. Um, we could have said, if someone will have not received the kingdom of God, if you have not, will have not received the kingdom of God, right, and so on. Non intrabit, he will not enter into it. So we have a future perfect in the protesis and a future in the apodosis. Whoever shall have not received the kingdom of God like a little child will not enter into it. We know that expression. It's a nice example, though, of one of those future conditions uh, introduced really by a relative and a definite relative here, whosoever, right? Okay, our next one was number 33. O Deus! Dona nobis tranquillum tempus pacis perpetue. O God, there's the vocative. O Deus, irregular vocative. Notice uh, we use the, the, the same as the nominative for the, the word God. O God, dona nobis, grant to us a tranquil time of perpetual peace. That's a straightforward sentence. I liked it, though, because of the vocative and um, the dona nobis give to us a tranquil time of perpetual peace. Okay, uh, number 34, Mater dolebat domnati penas vulnerati verberibus videt. This is uh, reminiscent of the Stabat Mater, 
the mother Dolebai. This is Mary, of course. She was grieving, dum, while, videt. She sees, what does she see? The penas nati, the punishment of nati, her son, the one literally having been born. Natus is one having been born, used often as son. Um, the punishment of her son, uh, and what kind of son is it? A vulnerati verberibus. Her son, one, him, the son, having been wounded by lashes or by the whips, by the scourge. Verber, verberibus, verber. Verberibus is the lash or the, the whip. So the mother was grieving while she sees the punishment of the son. What kind of son is he? The one vulnerati having been wounded by the scourge or by the lash, by the whips. Okay. Um, the, if you don't know the uh, hymn, the poem, the Stabat Mater, Stabat Mater Dolorosa, um, it's a beautiful hymn. It's been set by many composers, musical composers throughout the ages. Um, take a look at it. It's, uh, again, in a rhyming poetic scheme, and I think you'd uh, like it very much in Latin. Okay, number 38. Christus Adam Secundus in lignio perpendit ut damna ligni solveret. Ah, solveret. Yes, this is a, 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 an interesting one uh, because it's playing... Uh, it's playing with the use of uh, the word lignum here. In the, uh, we have Christ, and he is the Adam Secundus, the second Adam, right? Uh, that's in a positive. Um, in ligno perpendit, he hung on the wood, literally. We'd say the cross, but on the tree. It's literally the tree or the wood. In order that, what? purpose clause, solveret, he might loose or loosen the damna ligni, the damage or the loss or the sins of the tree or the wood. Of course, Christ as the second Adam, Mary as the second Eve, right? We get this idea that um, Christ came and hung on the tree in order that he might loosen the punishment or loss of the tree, meaning the first tree from which Adam and Eve ate. They were forbidden to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden. They ate it. That constituted original sin. Christ came and wiped out sin, right? So the use of the tree, he hung on the tree in order to loosen the losses or the damage caused by the tree. Very nice little sentence there. Okay. Um, nunciabo nomen, this is number 39, nunciabo nomen tuum fratribus meis in medio ecclesiae laudabo te. From the letter of Hebrews, yes, I shall announce your name to my brothers in medio, in the middle of the church or the assembly. Ecclesia, I remember, is the assembly. I will praise you. The first meaning of ecclesia is the assembly. Uh, that's the gr a Greek word, actually, that uh, 
was the assembly of the citizens, and later on it's taken on to be the assembly of the faithful, therefore the church. Uh, that's a straightforward one. How about number 42, our next one? Maria autem conservabat omnia verba he conferens in cordes. So I love that passage um, where Luke talks about the bringing up of Jesus uh, when he was a boy. And he summarizes it by saying, and, but Mary uh, kept or was keeping all these words, omnia verba heik, or omnia verba, all of the words, uh, all these words, conference, storing them, putting them, placing them in cordesa, in her heart. Very nice passage, that, the sentence that ends that passage in the gospel, if you remember it. Good. Okay, and another passage from Luke, um, when they take Jesus up uh, to the presentation. Et posquam impletis sunt dies purgationis aeorum secundum legem Moises tulerunt illum in hierolosium hierosolimam, I'm sorry, <clears throat> ut sisteret eum domino. And after the days of their purification, dies purgationis, right, impleti, were fulfilled or were completed, impleti, filled up, right, secundum legia Moises, according to the law of Moses, tulerunt, they took him up, tulerunt ilum, they took him in Hierosolimam, into Jerusalem, ut, in order, sisterent, and they might stand him up or present him, domino, to the Lord. Right, this is the presentation. Uh, I think that's a pretty straightforward sentence. What, again, the purpose clause in order that they might present him to the Lord. Okay, and uh, our last sentence in our exercises that was assigned in number 44. In Jesu nativitate magi fulgorum in celis secuti sunt. Yes. Uh, at the nativity or on the nativity at the birth of Jesus, Jesus, remember, uh, not many endings in that Hebrew name. Uh, uh, so at the birth of Jesus, the Magi Sekuti Sunt followed Fulgorum, the flash, the, the, uh, the lightning, uh, the uh, flash of light, Fulgor is what that means, in the heavens. Uh, we might also translated in this particular case as the star, right? It's the, it's the flash of light, the fulgor. And the Magi followed it in the heavens uh, at the birth of Jesus. In nativitate, that's an ablative of time. Uh, when, isn't it? Uh, at the birth. Uh, it could have, uh, the Latin could have omitted the in, um, but very often in ecclesiastical Latin, it contains it and has it there. Okay, that completes our sentences on our exercises, and now we turn to our readings on page 301 and following. Uh, the first one we did was the Asperges May. And um, again, as you know, this is a psalm that has been used uh, for the sprinkling rite uh, in the uh, Roman Catholic Church. Um, when the priest uh, comes out, usually in the penitential season, and sprinkles the people before Mass, 
Um, the asparagus is uh, sung by the choir, and this is uh, and this is what it says from uh, that Psalm uh, 51. Asperges me domine hisopo et mundabor. This is the great penitential psalm that David sung after uh, he was chastised by the prophet uh, Nathan and uh, he felt the ter- terrible uh, for the crime he committed with Bathsheba and so on. And he felt terrible remorse and this great penitential psalm number 51. So you spring, you will sprinkle me, uh, you sprinkle me, Lord, with hyssop, and I shall be uh, healed or uh, cleansed. You will sprinkle me, Lord, with hyssop, and I shall be cleansed. You will wash me, lavabis me, et super nivem de albabor, and I shall become white, de albabor. Uh, above the snow, beyond the snow. In other words, whiter than snow. Uh, alba is the Latin, one of the Latin words for white. We get the word alb from it, of course. De alba means to make white. I shall become white. I shall be made white. I shall be whitened. Per nivem, super, super nivem, uh, beyond snow. Right? Miserere mei Deus. Have mercy on me. Remember, misereor takes the uh, often the genitive, sometimes the dative. Have mercy on me, God. Secundum magnum misericordiam tuum. According, uh, plus the uh, accusative, to your great mercy. And then, gloria patri, glory be to the Father, et filio, and to the Son, et spiritus sancto, and to the Holy Spirit. Sequitator, just as it was in principio, in the beginning, et nunc, and now, et semper, and always, et in secula seculorum, and forever and ever. Amen. So, uh, you probably know, Asperges me, domine hisopo, et mundabur. You know that chant uh, sung at the sprinkling rite. Okay. Uh, forgive my cracking voice. All right. Um, we didn't do the uh, Salutis Humanae by St. Ambrose, but we did continue on with Peter's discourse in Caesarea <clears throat> from Acts 10. And that's at the bottom of your page and on the second page. So let's take a look at that. Hunc dea suscitavit tertia die et dedit ea manifestum fieri non omni populos et testi testibus preordanatis adeo nobis, qui manducavimus et bibimus cum illo posquam resurrexida mortuis. So remember, this is Peter. He's continuing his sermon or his preaching, and he says, God suscitavit, hunc, raise this one, tertia die. There's an albatu of time when? On the third day, right? No preposition, just by itself. At dated am, and granted, uh, dated eum manifestum fieri, and granted him to fieri manifestum, to become manifest, to be made manifest, to be made evident, omnipopolo, to all people, right? To all people. Um, or I'm sorry, non omnipopolo, not to all people. 
he granted him to become manifest or to be made manifest or clear, not to all people, said testibus preordinatis adeo nobis, but to us, we who are testibus preordinatis, preordained uh, witnesses, or uh, and, uh, to us, witnesses preordained by God. That's how we should do it because preordinatis takes adeo there. So, he 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 granted him to become manifest or known not to all people but to us witnesses those having been preordained by god we who manducavimus we who ate at bibimus and drank cum illo with him postquam resurrected amortis who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead He's talking about the apostles when Jesus appeared to him, them in the upper room several times and ate and drank with them, right? Et precepit nobis predicari popolo. And he ordered or instructed to us predicare, to preach to the people, predicare popolo, right? To preach to the people. Et testificare quia ipseas. And to bear witness or to testify that he est, ipse est, he is the one who, qui constitutus est adeo, was constituted by God as the judge of the living and the dead. He was set up, he was constituted, he was built, he was made by God, the judge of the living and the dead. <coughs> Excuse me. Notice that eudex is in the nominative because qui is in the nominative, qui uh, refers back to ipseus because he is the one who, right, Relterbrona, constitutus was constituted by God as judge of living and dead. Okay. Quick omnes profete testimonium perhibent remissionem peccatorum accipere penomen eos omnes qui credunt in eam. This is a little tricky. Uh, watch it here now. The all of the prophets, omnes prophete, bear witness quick to this one. To this one, all the prophets bear witness, right? They testify, perhibent testimonium. That's a common Latin expression that means to bear witness, to testify. And that expression is going to introduce indirect discourse with accusative subject and verb in the infinitive. So all the prophets bear witness to this one that, right, omnes, though, is the subject. Uh, you, you see remissionem peccatorum accipere per nomen eos omnes. Uh, we have actually the object expressed first, which is a little confusing. So, so they bear witness that all accipere receive the remission of sins per nomen eos through his name. That's the direct, that's the indirect object, I'm sorry, that's the indirect statement following testimonium perhibit. They bear witness that omnes is the subject of the indirect statement. All, and we have a relative clause who modify it, all qui credunt in him, who believe in him, all of those who believe in him receive accipere remissionem peccatorum, remission of sins per nomen es, through his name. So that's a, a little tricky because of the word order. It would have been a little 
uh, clearer had uh, the writer placed omnes after perhibent um, as the uh, subject of the indirect statement. But it wouldn't make sense to say that the remission of sins receive all. So it's they bear testimony, they, they testify that all, all of those qui credunt in creum, who believe in him, receive remission in peccatorum, receive the remission of sins uh, per nomineus, through his name or by his name. Okay, so there, that ends the actual speech, and now we go back to the narrative. Ad hoc loquente Petro, verba heic, cecidit spiritus sanctus super omnes, qui audiebant verbum. So we have, I hope you noticed it, another in, uh, ablative absolute. Um, these have become quite common, and I, th- I hope you're seeing them all the time. Ad hoc loquente Petro, with Peter still speaking, while he was still speaking, loquente Petro, these words, what happened? Spiritus sanctus cecidit. The Holy Spirit fell super omnes upon all of those who were hearing the word. Et obstipu erunt. And they were dumbfounded. They, they were astounded. Qui ex circumcisione fideles. Those who were faithful from circumcision. Those who were believers from circumcision. These mean, this means, of course, the circumcised Jews, right? Those who were uh, faithful from circumcision. They were dumbfounded, those who were faithful from circumcision, who had come, cum Pedro, with Peter. And why were they dumbfounded? Quia, because et in naciones gratia spiritus sancti effuses, because even upon the nations, this is the word in Latin, naciones, that are often used for Gentiles, even because even among the nations, the grace of the Holy Spirit was poured forth, effusa est, so the gratia spiritus sancti is the subject of a fusa est. The grace of the Holy Spirit was poured forth in naciones, upon the nations, upon those who weren't Jews, right, the Gentiles. So the ones who had come, who were faithful from circumcision, meaning the Jews, uh, and had come with Peter, they were dumbfounded because even at, also or even at for HCM, Upon the nations, the whole this grace of the Holy Spirit was poured forth. Audi ebant enum illos loquentes linguis et magnificantes deum. And they were, for they were hearing them, loquentes linguis, speaking by means of tongues, and magnificantes deum, and magnifying the Lord. So they heard them, and what kind of them were they? Participles. They were loquentes linguis them, and magnificantes deum them, right? Those both modify illos. Those are participles. They heard them speaking in tongues and magnifying the Lord, or or God, magnificantes deum. Tunc responded, Petrus. Then Peter responded, Numquid aquam quis prohibere potest, ut non baptizentur hi, qui spiritum sanctum acceperon sicut et nos. So he asks a question with numquid, and that expects a negative answer, doesn't it? Is anyone quit, uh, quis, quis, is anyone potest able, prohibere, to prohibit or stop or forbid aquam, water, ut, non baptizentur he, 
so that these might not be baptized, these who, akceperunt, have received Spiritum Sanctum, the Holy Spirit, just as etnos, sequit etnos, just as even we have. So he says, how can we refuse baptism? How can we refuse water, literally? Is anyone able to refuse water so that these might not be baptized? In other words, how can we withhold water for their baptism? Those who have received the Holy Spirit just as even we have received the Holy Spirit. Now, it's obvious that uh, the Holy Spirit has come both to the Jews and to the Gentiles. Et iussi eus in nomine Jesu Christi baptizari. And he ordered them in the name of Jesus Christ to be baptized. Notice baptizari, the passive infinitive. He ordered them to be baptized, not to baptize. That would be baptizare. This is baptizari, passive infinitive. He ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Tum rogaverunt eum ut manerit aliquot diebus. And then they asked him, ut, just of noun clause, that he remain uh, understood with them, aliquotes, for some days. Right, And there you have, again, the ablative used as an extent of time for some days, for a few days, a, a period of some days. So uh, notice that, uh, again, that uh, just of noun clause, they asked him, they begged him then, ut, right? And we're in secondary sequence, so we have maneret, the imperfect subjunctive, to show uh, same or a subsequent time to the main verb in the sequence of tense chart. They asked him then to remain for a few days. Okay, um, that concludes that uh, little extract of Peter's discourse, which we've had uh, over the last two lessons. And I think that that's uh, fairly, fairly straightforward. Um, again, uh, that one sentence on the top of 302 is a little tricky because of the word order, but I think you'll understand it now. And uh, that completes our, our homework for this, for this unit. Uh, again, I hope you're taking um, joy in the fact that you're reading real Latin, taken right from uh, the sacred scriptures, and uh, you've really uh, won the race here if you've stuck with your Latin because you're going to be able, with the help of a dictionary, uh, to read uh, most any ecclesiastical Latin. So um, that concludes our homework uh, for this unit, and I'll be back with you soon to present unit 34, and then following that, the homework and 35, which will complete um, our Latin three course. I hope you have a wonderful day. Uh, study hard, and until next time, um, God bless.